Welcome to First Importance, featuring the preaching and teaching ministries of First Baptist West Memphis. We're so happy you've chosen to listen, and we pray that you'll be blessed by this message. I want to invite you to turn with me to Philippians 4.13. Philippians 4.13. I want to ask everybody a question this morning as you're turning there. Have you ever had one of those moments in your life when you were not content? You know, like one of those times when um, you just weren't satisfied with what you already had. You know, it happens by default every year in a few areas of our life. The company called Apple releases a new device, it seems like to me, every 18 months. And for some reason, we just, you know, for me, I'm like, man, the new has come, and I'm kind of not satisfied with the device I already have. That one's faster, that one has a new design, that one has a better software, and now my phone's just a little bit slower. Man, I want that one. And I feel like every fall, our vehicles, new models come out for the next year, and we're like, man, my 2015 Impala really doesn't look as good anymore compared to that. And we start to want what we do not have. And we, it's really easy to fall into the trap of not being content with what we already have. You know, it also, there are times if we are tech savvy, we have apps, new social media apps that come out that we have to learn and explore. And when we finally get those new social media apps down, a new one comes out. Just when we figured out the other one, we're like, man, it's all this new that comes into our life, traps us in not being satisfied with what we already have. One thing is true for us today is that there are so many things in our life or, or other things that, that blind us from being content or satisfied in this life. And it's an easy trap to catch ourselves in. It's easy. In our day today, it is really easy. Everywhere we go, everywhere we look, every way we turn, there are so many different news to have or we think that we have to have. And because of that, the fear of missing out, it's real. It's real. We sometimes want what we do not already have. And so today, I want us to consider the topic of contentment. As we go through this, I feel like if you're like me, you have times when you are discontent and the battle is for real on the daily. As we, as we are discontent in our life, there is a huge chance that we will miss the source of true contentment. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. A very popular verse of scripture. If you've been coming to church for a long time, you know Philippians 4.13. If this is your very first time at church ever in your life, there's a huge chance that you know some of Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Many use this verse as motivation for strength to accomplish a specific task, whatever it may be. But today we're going to discover that the Apostle Paul, the writer through the Holy Spirit, who wrote Philippians 4.13, was actually talking more about contentment. Contentment. 
he was actually speaking about contentment. As we transition into the Thanksgiving season, it's November the 1st, Pumpkin Spice has been here for several weeks, like it is the Thanksgiving season. We have arrived, fall is here, the leaves are changing, it's getting a little bit cooler, praise the Lord. We are here, so as we transition into this time of Thanksgiving, I feel like it's appropriate for us to talk about contentment in our life. And we're going to do so by zoning in on Philippians 4, 10 through 13. Before our eyes fall there, I want to ask a question before we read God's Word. A valuable question. And the question is this. How can I, or how can you, be content? Let's look at Philippians 4, starting in verse 10, reading to verse 13. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Verse 11. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Verse 12. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. And in every... In in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's pray. God, we come to you now asking for your help. God, we ask that through the Holy Spirit, you would illuminate the eyes of our heart to understand your word and that life change would happen in our life. God, we invite you to speak into our lives in a real way that causes us to live, to live on mission for you, to live according to your purposes, and to live according to your word. Because we love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We ask you to help us now in the name of Christ. Amen. As we read a few of these verses from the Apostle Paul, we see that there's a secret that's revealed. This secret that we're going to learn today and discover together fuels contentment. The truth that I want us to see, the one truth, the one point that I'd like us to see through Philippians 4, 10 through 13 is this. Contentment is found in Christ. Contentment is found in Christ. A little bit of context to to Philippians chapter 4 is the Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Philippi, the Philippian church, and he's rejoicing over their concern for him. He's rejoicing over it. But he also wants them to know that he's not dependent on their support for his contentment. He's not, he's, he's not dependent on their support for his contentment. Paul was not hinting to this church to receive another gift. He wasn't, he was basically saying, hey, I'm okay. I don't need another gift from you. There's another place that my contentment lies. Why? Because Paul found the secret. Paul found the secret over time. Paul teaches us today to look beyond our circumstances. Beyond our circumstances. Whether we have much or whether we have little. We can rejoice in Christ. In him, we have all that we will ever need. 
Ephesians 1.3 says that we have all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We have all that we will ever need. What Paul brings to light in Philippians chapter 4 is that Jesus is the secret for contentment. Paul was in Christ, and as a result, Paul possessed contentment in any circumstance that he was in. Any circumstance that he was in, Paul was content. With little, Paul was content. With much, Paul was content. In happy times, Paul was content. In sad times, Paul was content. In good times, Paul was content. In heavy times, Paul was content. Paul was content in all circumstances. And it was because Paul was thankful. Paul was thankful. What we need to understand today, what I need to understand today, is that thankfulness is necessary for life because thankfulness fuels contentment. Thankfulness fuels contentment. You know, when, when, when we are thankful with what we already have, contentment happens by default. I want to share a story with you from my 13-year-old self. Thir- 13 years old, I grew up, well, I grew up on 711 Carter Drive in Marion, right across the railroad tracks from the Marion School District. Well, part of it. At the time, all grades 4th through 12th was at the Marion School District across the railroad tracks from where I lived, and the elementary was on Military Road. And man, my parents let me rip around that neighborhood with my friend Rusty. My friend Rusty, man, he would knock on my door or I would knock on his door at around 7 a.m., 7.30 a.m. on Saturdays, and we would just go play and just have adventures together. And one of the things that we did was we rode our bikes, and our housing addition was just developing so quickly. So there was a lot of dirt piles to ride on, to play on, to play King of the Hill on. And also, we love to ride our bikes on these dirt piles. We love to just get a lot of air and fall. And I was one of those that, I was the one that was going first because I had to show out, which means that I got hurt way more than Rusty did because Rusty pumped the brakes if he needed to, but not me. I was going first. One of the, one of the things that we did was we would go and ride our bikes and find big ditches in people's yards. We would rip around this neighborhood until the streetlights came on. That was the rule. Be home when the streetlights came on because it's dinner time. Everybody needs to be home. And so we would just go and we would ramp in people's ditches. And we knew that if there was a, a steep decline, that means that there was a pretty, a pretty good incline to get some air and to ramp off these people's ditches. And Rusty got a new bike. And I think I have a picture of this new bike on the screen. It was a red mongoose bike. And um, it was little, it was light, it was slick. And I wanted the bike that Rusty had as I'm 13 years old. And so I went to my dad. I said, Dad, I want a new bike. This is on a random Saturday. We're playing. I said, I said hey, Rusty, I need to run home for a little bit. I'll, I will, I'll come back later. I said, Dad, I want a new bike. And he said, no, you ain't getting no bike. You got a bike. And I was like, I know I got a bike, but Rusty got a new bike, and I want a new bike like his, and can you take me to Walmart to go get it? And he was like, no. And I was like, oh, okay. So I go outside, and I'm trying to relax. You know, I'm pretty hot as a 13-year-old. I'm just frustrated because my dad wouldn't give me a new bike, right? 
And so I, I get the idea. I'm going to go knock on people's doors. And I'm going to ask to pull their weeds for money. And that afternoon, I never went back to Rusty. I don't know what he thought, but I never went back to his house and said, hey, I'm ready to play again. I was going door to door to door asking the homeowners if I could pull weeds or do any yard work in their yard. And they gave me $5 here, $10 there. And that afternoon, I made $86. <laughs> and the bike was $95. And so I'm like, I've raised more than enough for my dad to let me go buy this bike. All he has to do is take me. I'll do everything else. And so I was feeling pretty good about going home. and said, hey, Dad, let's go. And I get home. I said, Dad, you never believe it. I raised all this money. And I, I really don't know what's going on in his head. Um, but now I know that, you know, they probably felt sorry for me. So they just, you know, I, did, I probably did good work. But uh, they were like, let's just give this boy some money. He's trying hard to make some. And so I said, Dad, let's go. Let's go to Walmart and let's get this back. And he said, no. And I was like, but I made the money. All we have to do is get in your car and go. I'll pay for it. And he just bought me $9, though, because the bike was 95 and I had 86 He said, no. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I did this. I can go buy the bike. And he wouldn't let me. It was because I wasn't thankful for the bike I already had. The bike I had was not little like this. It was blue and bulky and heavy. So I wasn't getting a lot of air on those ditch ramps. And I just wanted that bike. And when I think about contentment and thankfulness in my life, I always go back to that moment when I was 13. You know, it taught me a lot. It taught me to be thankful for what I already had. It was a gift for me at some point that someone else gave me and graced me with. And I wasn't content with it. And because I wasn't content with it, I wasn't thankful for it. You know, and I want to ask us a question today. For us, where is our contentment? What, are, what makes us content? For you, it might be, you just want to be known. You want people to know who you are. Maybe you're here today, and what makes you content is being successful as a person in your occupation, as a dad, as a spouse. Maybe you're here today, and you're content when you have things, when you get the new thing. Maybe you're here today and your contentment lies in your self-esteem. Like when you feel good about yourself, man, everything's right in your world. Maybe you're here today and you're content, you place your contentment in a relationship or a friendship. When you're right with this person, man, you are on cloud nine. You are so content. Maybe you're here today and, you, and your contentment lies in perfectionism. You just want to be perfect. That's what I resonate with the most. I want to be effective, and I want to be, there's this desire for me to have no errors in my life, which is crazy. Maybe you're here today, and you're content because you, you, just, you just want to be the most effective person. And when you're not, then you can't be content. Maybe for you, you will be content when you have dot, dot, dot. Or maybe you're here today, and you're like, man, I will be content whenever fill-in-the-blank is the scenario of my life. What are we content in today? You know, when we think about all those things, and the list goes on and on and on and on, if what we are content in right now disappeared, what would happen in your life? 
Or what if this special, this special scenario that you have playing out on your special timeline for the years to come that you're living for, what if it never happens? Can you still be content? Paul spoke from experience in his life when it comes to contentment. Paul is in Christ. He had Christ. And as a result, he was content no matter his circumstances. No matter his circumstances. And you know, let's take a few steps back and let's define what contentment is. This is the definition of contentment. The ability to conquer circumstances or situations rather than being conquered by them. Contentment is the ability to conquer circumstances rather than being conquered by them. When we talk about conquering something, it just pumps, it pumps me up. It, it gets my motivation going, my blood going. I want to conquer something. I don't want to be conquered by something. It changes the game when we're able to conquer something in our life. But here's the deal. We're talking about this, and this is way easier said than done. This is a big deal for a lot of us, if you're like me. It's way easier said than done than being content on the daily. But you know, contentment is learned. Paul said that he learned the secret of being content. Paul had been through both extremes, wealth and poverty, good and bad, happy and sad, easy and frustrating. Where did, where did Paul go in every circumstance? Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In every situation, Paul relied on the sufficiency of Christ in every circumstance that he encountered. But here's the deal. Paul said he learned the secret of being content. It didn't just happen. There was, there was intentionality that went, that went into this. He had to learn from experience how to be content in all circumstances. And he learned that the sufficiency of Jesus was enough for him. Because he knew that contentment is only in Christ. It's only from Christ that he could truly be content in his life. And here's the deal. Because he knew that contentment was in Jesus, contentment was one of the ways that Paul experienced the strength of Jesus in his life. When we're thankful for what we already have, and if you are in Christ, if you have repented from your sins and placed your trust in Christ, you already have Jesus. You are a child of God. When we're thankful for what we already have, contentment sets up shop in our life. Because thankfulness kind of fuels contentment. What do we have to be thankful for? If we're a child of God, if we have repented from our sins and placed our trust in Christ, we can be thankful for the gospel in our life. That while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 8.1, if you are in Christ, there's no more condemnation. 
2 Corinthians 5, 17, if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. We have so much to be thankful for, especially the gospel, that while we were dead, God in his mercy and his love caused us to be born, caused us to be made alive together in Christ so that we can be his workmanship which we were created for, to do good works, that we should walk in them. The gospel we can be thankful for. That it's not me who lives, but Jesus lives in me. Especially in times of discontentment. Especially. The gospel is God's love for you. The good news of the gospel is that God loves you. He showed it on the cross of his one and only son. So that in the cross, we see what we should have received. And in the resurrection, we see the victory over death, sin, and the grave. And one day, because of the gospel, because of, because of the gospel, one day our faith will be sight. We can be thankful for the gospel. Also, we can be thankful for the people in our life, our family, our friends. We can be thankful for our church family. Isn't it awesome that we don't have to walk through life alone as believers? We walk through life together as a church family in northeastern Arkansas. And we get to be the people of God that, that are continuing the mission of God as his church. We can be thankful for the people that have invested in us to make us the, the person that we are today. Where would we be without them? We can be thankful for the gospel. We can be thankful for the people in our life and also the things that God has entrusted us with. God has entrusted everyone. Maybe for you, you're a, you're a husband to your wife or you're a wife to your husband. You're a parent to your children. You're entrusted with your occupation, the calling that God has placed on your life to make a difference for his glory, for the people that that occupation services and impacts we can be thankful for so much and it's so important because when we're truly thankful for what we already have contentment shows up in our life and there's a huge risk of not being content because when we're not content we don't focus on the things that really matter we don't focus on the things that really matter at the end of the day, the most important thing that we need, and for some already have, is Jesus. And every circumstance we find ourselves in is an opportunity to be content in Christ. Paul said he learned the secret. I have learned to be content in need and no need. I have been content in being poor and being wealthy. I have been content probably in being wet and being dry and being hungry and being full. Every situation that we find ourselves in is an opportunity to, to be content in Jesus. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In every circumstance, when we learn to be content in every circumstance, it's one of the ways that we experience the strength of Christ in our life. In every circumstance, that's where Paul went for strength. 
not for selfish gain for his personal agenda, but for daily contentment. Paul didn't need the things or the status. And Paul, he, he, he had status. He had status. He didn't want it. He didn't want it. Philippians 3 talks about how he did everything according to the law to have the status. He didn't want it. He was content only in Jesus. To Paul, Jesus was enough. You know, when Jesus is enough for you and me, our life switches gears. Like seriously, when Jesus is truly enough, our life switches gears. Things in our life start to have new meaning. They start to operate with new perspectives in our life. My generation, millennials, we're always on our phone. Okay, we're always on our phone. And you know what I, what I have learned? I'm 31. The more I'm on my when I am on my phone the most are times when I'm not content. I want to see what everyone else is doing. I want to see if I'm living up to everyone around me. And you know, when we put, this is a dangerous game because when we're doing this, we are comparing ourselves to other people. And in comparison, there's a saying that when we compare, we never win. You always lose when you compare. You know, when I realize these things in my life and I put my phone down, what do I see? I see the things that really matter. I see my family, I see my friends, I see my church family. I see things in my life that really matter in the end. I see things that I'm entrusted to be responsible for. As a man, as a husband, as a father, as a minister, as a neighbor. I see things that are most important in my life. When we come to the point where nothing else makes us happier than Jesus, circumstances do not stand a chance. They don't. Why? Because we have learned. Or we can learn to be content in every situation. Rather than letting our circumstances conquer us, we can conquer our circumstances by finding contentment of Jesus. It's just one of the ways that we can experience the strength of Jesus that never depletes, that never has an empty tank. It's always full to supply us in every circumstance. And you know, the definition of contentment is the ability to conquer circumstances instead of being conquered by them, we know that we're not the ones conquering our circumstances. If we are in Christ, he lives in us, and he is the one that conquers our circumstances. And the question that I want to ask us today is, can we say, like Paul said in Philippians 4.13, can I do all things through Christ who strengthens me? I want to ask another question. Have we, have you learned the secret? Have you learned the secret that there's contentment in nothing else except Jesus? When it's all said and done, everything that we might be trying to find contentment in will not last. Only Jesus and what he provides for us is going to last. This was why Paul was able to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Can we say Philippians 4.13 of our life? Today's an invitation to Today's an invitation to. I want to close today by reading some lyrics to a song entitled, entitled, Whatever May Come. Listen to these lyrics. Whatever I face, whatever the fear, whatever the cost, you always draw near. 
Whatever the pain, whatever may come, whatever may fall, your love overcomes. I will call, I will call upon you, whatever I face, you are with me. I will fall, I will fall on my knees for every heartbreak, you will hold me. Every wall will break, all the darkness shake, all the joy be renewed, so every knee, let's bow, let's raise a victory shout, for the king will make all things new. Every mountain moved, every lie be loose, your banner were lifting high, for neither depth or height nor any life could ever cast your love aside. Every wall will break, all the darkness shake, all the joy be renewed, so every knee let's bow. Let's raise a victory shout, for the king will make all things new. I will call, I will call upon you, whatever I face, whatever I face, you are with me. I want to do a little exercise as we close. Right, right where we're at, including myself, I want us to go somewhere. In your heart and mind, I want you to go somewhere. I want you to go to the place where there's nothing but you and Jesus. Just you and Jesus. Because when we see him now, we will see him then. When we see him now, we see the cross, we see the resurrection, we see the victory that's in Christ. When we see him now, we see that he never leaves us or forsakes us. When we see him now, we see Colossians 1.18, that he holds all things together. When we see him now, we see that he sustains me now. So I know that he's going to sustain me later in every situation or circumstance. Today, I want to invite you to respond Today, maybe you need to become a child of God. You need to say yes to Jesus, repent of your sin, and ask him to save you from your sin and, and begin a relationship with him so that you can have eternal life. For some of us here, we need to respond as we stand and worship in a few moments. And you need to pour your heart out to God and just be in awe of who he is and give him the the thanks and the praise and the glory for what he's done in your life. You just need to express yourself to God in worship. Maybe for you, your way to respond is to just stay seated when we stand and just stay in that place where it's you and Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If you need to come forward today, Pastor Josh is going to be down. Any way you need to respond, Jesus will give you the strength. Take your next step today, whatever that looks like. Let's pray together. Thank you for joining us for this episode of First Importance. We invite you to check out our other sermons on this podcast and to join us in person on Sunday at 8.30 or 11 a.m., as well as streaming live on Facebook and YouTube on Sundays at 11 a.m. We hope to see you soon at First Baptist West Memphis where we love God, care for one another, and share the gospel.